Thabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's start off by talking cricket. The 0614104107 is the number for voice notes and former Proteas um, uh, better, or batsmen as they used to call them back in the day. Alvira Peterson joins us on the line. Good evening from us on SAFM, Alvira. Thanks for taking our call tonight. Good evening, Tabiso. Always nice to chat to you and good evening to the listeners as well. Thanks, Alvira. Before we talk about the match, I saw your tweet before the test match started. You said something like winning in Australia, you need, it, it, it requires everything about you as a team and as an individual and talent and skill means nothing if it's matched by the opposition. What what exactly do you mean by that? Well, what, it, what, what I effectively was trying to say is that playing in Australia is more of a mental band because generally Australia produces decent pitches that are true, yet they're quick and bouncy, and, and you know, generally you can score runs. So from a batting point of view, South Africa needs to score runs, they need to stay in the contest for a long period of time, and hopefully get to day five. That's where I think the, the competition will come, but it's a mental game. Um, it's unlike what we've seen in the first test, because I really think that um, from a conditions point of view, it actually suited South Africa better because Australia is not used to playing on steaming wickets. They're used to playing on the true bounds, the quick wickets. Whereas in South Africa, you get all these steaming wickets that the ball nipples, the surface, etc. So the South African batters should have been accustomed to that more than the Australian batters. Um, and I'm a little bit uh, concerned because from a batting point of view, we just can't seem to put it together. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of blame has been put on the pitch. Um, even even the captain there, uh, Dean Elga, you could hear he was not happy with the pitch. Is it fair then to blame the pitch for these low scores? Uh, or what did you make of the pitch? Well, you know what, from from a pitch point of view, I think I think what has happened is that the the groundsman probably wanted to, to get a decent pitch and sometimes you don't get it right, but the good thing about cricket is that both teams play on the same surface, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Australia just, they were slightly better than South Africa, even though I feel that the condition suited South Africa better. Um, so that from a South African bowling point of view, to see, they knew exactly where to bowl. So the bowlers, they know what they're doing. I think we've got a strong bowling unit. It's the batting that I'm concerned about. You can't be bowled at 150 and, um, and under 100 in the same test match, you know. So South Africa should have somehow have maybe grinded out the 200, etc. Then it's a different ball game. Um, but there's also these small little games within the game. For instance, the spinner, Nathan Lyon, he bought eight overs in the first innings. I think he went to 13 runs, picking up three wickets. Now, a spinner in test cricket on day one, unless you're playing on a raging turner in India or the subcontinent, you can't allow the spin bowler to go eight overs to 14 runs. You should put the spinner under pressure. And that's exactly what Australia has done with Keshav Morris. He bowled two overs to 17 runs in the first inning. And that was the last time he bowled in the match. So it's all these small little games. And that's why I was saying you need to be mentally prepared for what's coming your way. So, so then, is it is it more of a matter of application than Alvira in those conditions? Because, like you said, it looked like Australia handled it much better, especially when Travis Head and Steve Steve Smith were batting. They looked very comfortable at, at one stage. Yeah, it is about application. You need to understand, and and South African batters should know this more than Australian batters. That if the ball nips and it goes past your bat, there's nothing you can do. You know, you shouldn't actually go reaching for it, etc. So, South African batters should know that. 
Um, but at the same time, that there should be that element of being positive, looking to score. You can't just go in your shell. And I think that's what has happened because they've allowed even Nathan Lyon, the off-spinner, to just bowl eight over to 39 instead of trying to be positive, use your feet, put him under pressure, get the guys back on the boundary, and then start working those ones around, you know. Because if they do that, um, you know, all of a sudden you bring the seamers back again. They might be getting a little bit tired. You now score off the bad deliveries, and you get 200, 250, and you're straight in, in the game. When in Philander, when Cape Town was nipping, um, you bought Australia out because they're not used to the, the steaming delivery. Yeah, interesting. And are there any dismissals maybe that could have been avoided or that were avoidable? I look at maybe Russ in the second innings, it looked like he wasn't sure whether to go forward or go back there. Is there anything that you noticed maybe that stood out for you? Well, I, th- I think that dismissal of Rusty, um, you know that Mitchell starts in the ball back um, into the right-hander. And he just played the wrong line. It was almost like he, he planted early. And he said, well, this is it. Anticipate the ball and the line and, and play that wrong line. So I know that, you know, sometimes you, you do play the wrong lines, etc. But um, I think it's something that we'll have to look at and, and try and address because as the series goes on, the wickets will become better. Australia will start playing the long, drawn-out game where it's, it's a mental game. South African batters will have to score runs. They'll have to put um, good scores together in order to give the bowlers an opportunity to win the game. Now, at the moment and for the last couple of years, the South African bowlers have almost had no runs to play with. And, um, you know, they almost fall into the, into the same category, whereas the batters should actually score runs and make sure that it brings the bowlers in, which is clearly South Africa's strength, to win test matches. Yeah, and you, you get the feeling that maybe 100 or even 80 more runs in the second innings for the Proteas, I mean, could have made for an interesting um, um, game because Australia were four down in the chase of 34. And talking about that, Alvira Peterson, just what did you make of how Kaya Zondo batted in that second innings, especially with the tail? Um, you're saying sometimes don't go into your shell. Do you think he could have been more aggressive? No, I think I think when, when he batted with his tail, obviously uh, towards the end he was playing a, a couple of shots in that and... Um, mm. You know, obviously, um, it came off for him. But, you know, w- when it gets to situations like that, that and that's where perhaps that's the reason why they call it dead cricket. Because you have to think all the time. The game changes. Every over is different. You have to think, well, when is it the right time to go? And, and, and if it is the right time to go, what sort of areas do I have to look to play in and, and so on? So um, I, I thought the way he played certainly um, in the last wicket, and was really good because you know he was um, he was prepared to almost sacrifice his wickets to get runs and, and fortunately for him he was not out which is a good thing because I think it will give him confidence um, but I'm pretty happy with the way and and then um, did did they pick the right team for this wicket did they read the wicket well I mean they went with basically a six five six five split could they could they maybe have gone for an extra better then. Yeah, it's always it's always nice, especially in Australia, to go for that extra batter because it allows you to get that almost 50 runs uh, more in, in in the first or second innings, you know, which which plays a massive role. And if you look at uh, the times that South Africa played well against Australia, is that we, we've actually gone in with the extra batter. Um, so so perhaps in hindsight, yes, they they could have gone with the extra batter, 
But um, I suppose they also wanted to have the firepower with the volume. And, you know, you can't have it both ways. Okay, for those who are just joining us, we are speaking to former Protea Alvira Peterson, just getting his thoughts on um, what went wrong in that two-day test match between Proteas and um, the and Australia. And obviously, we're focusing a bit on the on the batters because it's been the Achilles heel, and Alvira is a batter himself, so is uh, an expert in in uh, when it comes to to, to batting, and he'll give us more insight. But we will talk about the bowlers also. But before we take a break, Alvira, I just want to play a clip of what Kachiso Rabare had to say uh, um, after the game about the batting unit and we'll get your response after this break. The batting lineup that we have is quite inexperienced. In fact, the team that we have is relatively inexperienced. If you look at um, other cricketing nations around the world, Dean Algar is our most experienced um, player and then followed by, I think, myself and and Timba. So it can get frustrating as well. Uh, I don't mean to single out the batters. I mean, it's frustrating as a team. And you almost have to understand that sometimes this is what happens in a rebuilding phase. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, still speaking to Alvira Peterson. Alvira, I don't know what you make of that. He says it's frustrating as a team, but it's a young, inexperienced betting unit. They're still in the rebuilding phase. I'm not sure if he's blaming the betters or if he's defending them. What do you make of what Kakhiso had to say? Yeah, I think he's in a difficult position because he's part of the team and he, he can't really throw his batters under the bus and he was trying to be quite diplomatic. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I get what he's saying, that it is a, an inexperienced team. But you need to, you need to somewhere, you need to draw the line because, I mean, Tembo's played over 50 test matches. Dean's played quite a few test matches as well. And, and if you look at the Australian team, Manus Labastachny has been... I think he's played probably a third of the test matches between the two of them, and he's got the same amount of hundreds. So it's, it's, um, the thing about experience is not the issue. It's about scoring hundreds and scoring big runs. That's the big problem for South Africa. It's not about how many test matches he's played, etc. Guys need to score runs. Rusty just walked back into the test side. He hasn't got a hundred. So it just shows that from a domestic point of view, there's no one that really knock the the door down, you know, and there's a direct co- correlation between domestic cricket and, and the proteas, and similarly, from the proteas and the coaches in South Africa as well. And if you get those two things right, the test side and the international side will generally be okay. And some and some people have been saying that even the standard of domestic cricket is not good enough to produce these batters that can score hundreds in international cricket. Is that is that also a valid point? It is a valid point, but uh, there's a way of, of um, making sure that you, you upgrade the standard of domestic cricket um, to understand what is required at international level. Now, um, you know, if a batter in for South Africa, one of the protest batters, if they don't score runs um, domestically or they don't score runs internationally, there's no one from a domestic point of view that puts pressure on them. Whereas in the past, there were like all batters who really knocked the door down and was almost waiting for guys um, to slip up, you know. And as an international batter, you knew if you don't score the runs, they a couple of guys waiting in, in the wings at the moment. It's almost a free ride for everyone. 
Yeah, okay. We'll take your voice notes now. 0614104107 as we look back at that two-day test match between the Proteas and Australia with Alvira Peterson. Hello, Tabi Zomzia. Uh, considering, talking about the cricket, I like the way how South African bowlers went in. Yes, we lost. We lost, but, you know, the way they bowled, uh, the bowlers, the way they came in, it's promising and uh, ex- 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 expect let's expect a lot from our south african bowlers they are very good kakiso rabada four out of four uh that is super extreme that is super nice good evening tabi so good evening to alvira peterson you know mr peterson i believe that um as a head coach it doesn't matter if you have not played international cricket because we've seen the likes of Trevor Bailey's, you know, being successful with the likes of England, even though he had never played any international uh, cricket before. Even this uh, new England coach winning the T20 World Cup, we've seen a lot of coaches, you know, that have been successful. But I believe that specialist coaching positions like batting coach, bowling coach, spin bowling coach, and fielding coach, that, that's a specialist position. I believe that you need to have at least played international cricket for you to have ex- the experience to possibly on the knowledge because that is what i believe so who, this guy justin summons having never played international cricket what will he tell the likes of you know kaya zondo or even a guy like calvarain or even a guy like saddle arvi or the rasifan edison when he's not doing well because he doesn't know uh, he's never played any test cricket so why is cricket south africa not going to the likes of herschel gibbs alvira peterson former test players to go and be the batting coach and pass on the experience that's what that, that is what is frustrating good evening safm is mandilake in deep slot i just want to ask a question is that someone's guy who was a betting coach still a betting coach uh, ever since he occupied that position, we stopped scoring big hundreds. His experience as an international coach proves. And I think the main coach as well, the international experience is going to be a problem as well. Hence, I'm saying give that position to Ashwell Prince. He will help you with betting problems as well. And like I said, give the white ball to Lance Klusner. And I think this guy can't even get like raw talent like Zubre Hamza, right? Like Peterson, uh, like Rickleton. I think they should let go if he's still there. I think Charles Langafest is doing a very good job as a bowling coach. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musiya on Twitter. Okay, thanks for those voice notes. And there seem to be one common concern here, Alvira Peterson, um, with the listeners saying that you need experience when it comes to specialist uh, positions. Do you agree with that? And a lot of and the, the betting coach has been under a lot of scrutiny for a couple of months now. I do agree. Um, and, and, you know, I mentioned it a few times on air as well in the last couple of years or so. Um, What's important is that when, when your batters are not scoring runs, at some point you must be able to sit them down and say, guys, this is what's required. This is not good enough. This is what's required of you as a batter. If you're in certain situations, this is how you get out of it. This is what my experience has taught me, etc., etc. But if you haven't been there, you don't quite know what the, the pressures of test cricket um, are. And, you know, it, it's almost like just a someone that's trying to make the, the guys feel good. Now, one of the listeners asked, why don't Cricket South Africa perhaps 
go to a former player that, that mm. could help. Um, I know for a fact that former players will be pretty harsh on the batters and say, guys, this is not good enough. You need to pull up your socks and, and, and start scoring runs now. Now, sometimes current players don't like that, especially in a, in a, in a setup where you have players who want to almost feel like there's no pressure on them. Test cricket is pressure. And, you, I mean, if, if I had to walk into that dressing room right now, the first thing I'd say is, this is not good enough. You need to pull up your socks. Otherwise, we find someone that can do the job. No sugar coating it. No, there's no, there's no time for sugar coating. Otherwise, Cricket South Africa in the next couple of years will be gone. Okay, especially in Australia and Test Cricket. Um, Colin is also on the line, and he did say last week, if I remember correctly, Colin, you are worried about the betting, eh? Yeah, good evening, Tabisu, and oh, very good evening. You know, you are 110% correct, Alvera. You know, consolidation, concentration, all that. Test cricket is like writing exams. You, you're not going for the fun of it. You're going to write a test. You're going to play test cricket to show your skills, how you can master a five-day game. The trouble is we ain't got those things. We ain't got it. Now, bowled out for 152, 151. Where was the coach? Where was the captain? Where was everybody to sit down and say, boys, this is not good enough? What went wrong? This went wrong, that went wrong. They played the wrong balls. They went fishing when a ball is on an off stump. And it's why our batters go for the ball. They, it's like fishing with a fishing rod. Leave the ball. They, they are not youngsters. They are actually professionals now. And I'm, I'm not talking about inexperience because they came from clubs. They made a hundred, two hundreds. They played well in clubs. It's just a matter of adapting the pitch. And the captain, the coach, especially the coach, should have said to him, look here, 152 boys, this is not good enough. Now I want 252 out of you in the mix. And they go out for 99 worse. You know, I think I'm, I'm going to stop watching cricket. Uh, honestly, the this is, this is disgraceful, and I agree 100% with your guest. We are not... Uh, we've got... We've got the talent, but the boys don't. I I I could have words. Tabisu, I, I hear you. Words. I hear you, Colin. And it's not just this match. I mean, even in the Test series, um, in in England earlier this earlier this year, I think it was August or September. There, nobody scored a hundred. They were not even getting above two hundred. And I think I was looking back. I think it's the last six Test innings that the Proteas have not been able to get past two hundred in a Test match. And it is a far cry from from the betters that we were used to in this team. And 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 with 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 the players like KG Alviro talking about maybe inexperience and they are, they are rebuilding. Um, is it also a question of was there no succession plan when you knew that those guys were going to retire, the likes of you, the likes of Hashim and Faf and all those guys? Um, to be so firstly, I just want to I just want to say that I sent Colin's frustration then. I think yeah, you uh, can hear it. Eh? <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of people in South Africa, especially um, you know the sport loving 
people and, and the people that love this Proteus see uh, what's going on at the moment. obviously frustrating. Um, but just getting back to, to the experience part of it, you know, Cricket South Africa can't rebuild every single year. It's almost like an excuse now, unfortunately. And, uh. and, that's and um, you know, you need people that's going to stand up and say, this is not good enough and this is the way we need to go. Um, and, I, and I think what has happened is because you've got this big integrated approach, perhaps with players as well, now you feedback about coaches. Um, you know, so say, yeah, well, this coach, I work well with this coach, or this coach is certainly uh-huh. one to look out for, etc. And And with that, it just, um, it waters down everything. So it almost takes the, um, the power from the coach, I feel, um, or certainly it, it might not be evident, but there's certainly an underlying thing where the coach says, well, I need to keep my players happy because in a month or two months' time, I need them to give a good review so that I can get a job, you know? Whereas you need, you need proper coaches to stand up and say, this is not good enough. I don't agree with this. You're not good enough to play test cricket. And if you don't pull up your stock, we'll find someone that can. You know what? South African cricket must, must start getting hard again. We used to be hard in the past, but now we've almost become soft. It's, it's quite interesting you say that because before... When they were in Australia last week, actually, we had a clip of the coach, Malibongo Maketa, saying that, we had a clip of Dini Alga firstly saying that he is the one that called Cricket South Africa to say, hey, now that you're looking for an interim coach, maybe try this guy. I've worked with him. I know him from the Titans or from wherever and from the SA as assistant coach. He's the right guy. And then Coach Mali came out after that and said, yeah, I'm grateful to Dean and I'm here to support Dean. And I was wondering, is that how it works in, in, in the setup of Cricket South Africa that the captain can pick the coach, basically? and the coach will support the captain. Yeah, well, I think, I think in, in, you know, over time, this is the sort of thing that has happened and it somehow just watered down the whole structure what it should be. The coach is actually the one that must stand up and say, this is how we're going to play. This is what I expect of you and nothing less. And if I don't get what I expect from you, then unfortunately you're not the guy to, to do the job. But at the moment, the players have got the power the coaches are trying to keep the players happy, etc. It shouldn't be like that. Otherwise, you know, the system will become soft. Everyone will become soft. And that's why, perhaps, only perhaps, they don't want former players involved because the former players will tell it like it is. Yeah. And just as we wrap up now, looking at the bowling, Alvira, there don't seem to be any major complaints about the bowling, but are there any concerns for you? I know you've mentioned the spinner, Keshav Maharaj, or, or, or how has this bowling unit become, at least carried this team? I mean, what's impressed you with this unit? Well, the bowling unit seemed to be solid and, and they operate at a high standard. So, um, I mean, the standard of the South African bowlers are world class. The quality bowlers with good numbers. Um, but they need, they need runs. You know you need 20 wickets to mm-hmm. win a test match. So the Proteas have got the bowlers that can pick up 20 wickets to win a test match. But at the same time, you need the runs mm-hmm. um, to make sure that you can actually pick up those 20 wickets and give yourself an opportunity to win the game. So from a bowling point of view, I think South Africa is in a good place, but I'm really concerned about the batters. And I've said it on air many times before, mm-hmm. even though some people thought... Um, I was trying to be destructive, but I could see where it's going to lead. And unfortunately, we're on that slippery slope at the moment. And South Africa will have to rescue things from here. 
certainly from a batting point of view. Guys need to stand up, understand what's required at test, at test level, because that's what it is. There's a blueprint of test cricket, and it's freely available. Um, and no one can adjust the requirements. You can adjust the standards, but not the requirements of test cricket. Yeah, and looking ahead to the MCG on boxing, the Boxing Day test. Then, do they now? Obviously, with with what happened here at the Gaba, they'll probably add an extra better. But who do you sacrifice then if you had to go for seven four? Now, do you leave out one of the quickies? Do you leave out the spinner? Can you not afford to leave out a spinner in a test match? I don't think South Africa can afford to leave out the spinner, especially in a Boxing Day test. I think the wicket at the MCG is going to be a, a good one. I think it that. If South Africa play well, play good cricket, they could take it to, uh, they could take it all the way. Um, but then again, you know, from a from an Australian point of view, they would want to break South Africa down mentally. Mm-hmm. So they've done it already by winning the first test. And um, if they win the toss, they'll probably back first, try and get a big score, um, and then put South Africa under pressure. So the South African batters again, it will fall to them to build these big partnerships, score these big runs and really get themselves back, not just into the, in the game, but in the series. And because Australia would want to, obviously, um, prove a, a massive point here. You know, South Africa is a big foe. Um, so they would want to prove a, a point. And from a South African point of view, we're a proud nation. We always come back. We, we like to fight with our backs against the wall. Um, but, you know, you need, to, you need to do the business, and it's going to require the backers to score big run. And finally, there have been calls for a Tony DeZorzi or even a Ryan Rickleton to be flown up to Australia. I mean, they've been scoring some runs in domestic cricket, scoring heavily. Are those calls justified or is it, is it just too late? Did their runs come too late? You, you know, Tadisa, when, when I played and I was still a, a young man, not quite in the test side yet, I knew every single Australian uh, tour, afterwards, there's going to be casualties because that was the grueling nature of the series. There's going to be casualties. You just have to line yourself up properly, make sure you score domestic runs, you know, get yourself in the in the selector's mind. And that's exactly what has happened now, is that uh, Rickleton has scored runs, Tony DeSouza has scored runs, and, and all of a sudden people are now starting to put pressure on um, the, the Proteus backers, and rightfully so. You need those guys to be pressure under pressure to be under pressure so that they can actually perform. Because if you get guys who can perform under pressure, then yes, they're ready and right to play test cricket. Wonderful. Um, Alvira, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Enjoyed the insight here. Thank you very much for always being available to talk to us on SAFM. Always a pleasure. Have a good evening. Yeah, doesn't get better than a former player's perspective, does it? By the way, Eshel Prince is there, guys. He's, he's commentating there. Why don't they just rope him in rather than get him into the nets, get him to work with these guys in the nets, eh? Uh, because that's one guy that was mentally strong when he was betting. And I I remember um, apparently he was offered, because I think it came out at the SJN hearings, he was offered the position of betting coach when Mark Boucher took over if I remember correctly and he turned it down because he felt that he was a coach he felt that he paid his dues in domestic cricket and and he did he did with the Cobras also so he felt that he should have been called up as a coach instead of just a specialist uh, coach at the time but he's there in Australia so let's hope that they'll make use of him we're going to talk um, football up next we're going to talk World Cup I've been trying to change the TV hoping that I can catch a game and the World Cup is over actually I mean I forgot it feels like it was just yesterday Sport on on SAFM.